Hey there. This is the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world. Warning. Foul f***ing language may occur due to the subject matter. Hold on to your balls. And welcome to the old 77, where a safe place for an unsafe world. Today's topic, top 10 albums. Everybody's been doing it on Facebook lately. I got tagged in it. I tagged Matt Francis. I should have tagged Matt Brown, who's alongside as well. I wouldn't have done it. It's fine. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't have. That's why I didn't do it. So this is like episode two now. Yeah, we're up to two episodes now. It only took us three months, but... Well, I mean, we had to get things worked out and do our original work, so... And plus this coronavirus thing. Yeah, the Corona cast, man. That's what we should call it. <laughs> so who's, who wants to start out? I, I, well, I can start out if you want. You're the one who started this thing, yeah. I started mine off on Facebook with Eddie Rabbit because I remember as a kid, my sister, like heavily influenced me in music and we would sit and that was like the first eight track i owned was eddie rabbits driving my life away i actually i i would have to listen to that because i've never really sat (laughs) down and listened to eddie rabbit it's terrible now that i listen to it again (laughs) loved it as a kid if i was still in that mindset that i still liked country music i would probably like it but yeah i don't care for it anymore but if it wasn't for those those songs, like I, I wouldn't be here, though. I kind of built all of my musical knowledge and things off of this stuff that I was influenced with. Denny, you guys have like that first album that really, you know, changed the way you were thinking? You know, um, nothing, I mean, not, nothing like Eddie Rabbit, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and thinking about this stuff, like, um, you know, certainly there, there, there was, I, I, I had an influence growing up as well. I have an older brother. And so, uh, it was the eighties and he's listening to this hair stuff. You know, he's, he's into kiss. He's into the crew, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, he eventually did get into, you know, some, some beastie boys and, and run DMC stuff like that. But, uh, but for the most part, it was, it was a lot of just that eighties rock stuff, uh, that early Metallica, uh, that, that was, that I, um, was, I was influenced by for the most part. And so uh, thinking about my own top 10 list, that's definitely a part of that, some of those. Uh, but what really kind of changed things for me, I mean, obviously there's, you know, given our ages and everything, uh, obviously there's 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 Nirvana and Nevermind that changed everything for everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah that dude. changed everything. I was iconic. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, that was a game changer for, for the entire world. Um, and you know, it, it took me a little while to kind of jump onto that. Um, you know, certainly with, with MTV, we were exposed to that quite a bit, but, uh, oh, lucky. uh, I didn't have MTV until I was a high school student. Oh man. MTV was, was the thing back then. And by then it was, you know, already real worlded out. So I didn't really story. get to experience true MTV. Story. That was just the beginning. Unless of it, I yeah. was at an aunt's house. Yeah. yeah, I think that first season of Real World, um, basically, uh, it was just that and videos. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was like the beginning of like you know Total Request Live and mm-hmm. yeah. some of those shows oh, yeah. in the afternoon and uh, you know stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was Nirvana nonstop. So I mean, you can almost kind of throw that out, right? Like let's 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 toss aside the obvious. You know, Nirvana. Never mind. Okay, oh, yeah. like, yeah, we we get it. I mean, who I think for our generation, list? you can just yeah. toss grunge aside because that obviously changed us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, and and that's. I mean, honestly, grunge getting into the alternative scene. That's that's half my list right there. Um, I know. <laughs> you know. You know. That's like, why I try to leave it out and go more obscure. You went obscure, my friend. I, I did go obscure. I started it off straight. Like, when I was growing up, I was exposed to, like, the, the golden oldies, you know, uh, like the bebop stuff, you know, Chubby Checker. And I still um, hear it when I go in his studio, too. Yeah, I still, I'll still rock he'll it, be, man. He'll be playing that or singing it. or. But I was also introduced at a young age with uh, Frank Sinatra. I would take, like, Sunday morning day trips with my dad. And they had this program on the radio. It was called uh, Sundays with Frank. And so we was driving along there, and I don't know, I just kind of like like this voice, and I just love that whole uh, golden age era of music, you know, the 1940s and 50s. 
something about it. It's original. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, it's different. I worked at a classic golden oldie station. Like, we played turn of the century and, like, you know, post-World War One, pre-World War Two stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, here's here's the Andrews sisters rolling out the beer barrel polka, you know? But then I was introduced to, like, uh, like uh, that hair metal with uh, White Lion. Yeah, White Lion. Um, <laughs> when the children like, cry. My sister listened to all this stuff on cassette tapes. And uh, Richard Marks, dude, like, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm a big Richard Marks fan, but like that guy had some serious talent. He was a thing back then. Like he was a force. The Richard Marks force, man. That hair was a force, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. That mullet, that mullet was unbelievable. Well put together. And it was held up by, by sheer will. <laughs> you know, the, there's no Aquanet in that. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, like things like getting into high school and everything or before high school it was you know beastie boys and license oh, yeah. license to ill like changed a lot for me and then i discovered you know the grunge era you know with like you said nirvana never mind and then you, know, you had soundgarden and stp and you know the whole the whole 90s decade was just so influential that's the last real i feel like rock revival we've had was the 90s it really has, because, you know, Franny, you were saying, you know, you try to think back, you know, when you're a kid and through high school, what was influential. I kind of went through the same the same process and thinking more modernly, like there's nothing today right now. And maybe it's just our frame of mind. Maybe it's because we are older and we did go through the we went through the 90s. We went through that major change. But there's nothing now that is blowing me away. And I and I do listen to new music. I, I give it a shot and I try yeah. to I try to seek out some of that stuff. Every now and again, I'll find something that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But it's not game changing the way, uh, you know, the 90s were in a grunge scene. Yeah, it's not like putting on, you know, 10 from Pearl Jam. Right, right. That, 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 that changed everything yeah, right there, too. That was another one. And say what you want about Pearl Jam, but that album back then, and, and even today, you listen back on that album, it's, that thing holds, that holds weight. You know, it's, it's definitely an ageless album. You know, some people like to hate on Pearl Jam, but it is what it is. They, they were a great band. They, they still, still are. are a they, good band. Yeah. They really yeah. are, yeah. They were one of the biggest bands, dude, like, in the last Well, and if you think about years. it from that particular time frame, other than, you know, maybe Frog Stomp. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, what was that band? Silverchair. Oh, Silverchair, Silver yeah. Other than Silverchair, who else is left? Like, Scott Weiland's dead. Chris Cornell's dead. Hmm. I mean, Lane Stanley's did. Yeah. You know what? Uh, as as I was thinking about bands too, uh, and I was kind of going through making myself a you know, a mental list. One band, there was the obvious ones that we've already mentioned. But one band that, that I that I kind of forgot about, and I don't think probably gets enough credit, at least in in, in this area, is Oasis. I always forget about I, Oasis. Yes, I one hundred percent agree, man. Gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. 100%. I want to agree with you, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I've, I've, and maybe it's just because I've never been a really big Oasis fan, but I think you still have to give them credit for they're one of those monsters from the 90s that, um, that I think were, were very influential. Um, maybe just not to us. I mean, Morning Glory, I'll get, yeah, that album, the Morning Glory album was was awesome well the problem with those is the two brothers right one could write but he could you know kind of sing and the other one could just sing but he couldn't write mm-hmm. anything and yeah. there was a, I mean the dynamic there alone and they were very they, they are a dysfunctional bunch and plus and plus they're both assholes so you know. <laughs> is it Liam I think is it Liam who's Liam and, Liam Liam and, and Noel. Noel yeah Liam's the dick okay yeah. yeah he's the one that always goes out and gets drunk and you know They'll, oh, well, we're better than the Beatles, and you know, all this. And he just, you know, lays it all out, and everybody's like, whatever. And then the other brother goes out and tries to do it, but his other brothers just ruined it for him. They had a concert back in Philly, um, it was like the late 90s, and Liam was like spitting on the crowd. Ooh, you suck. So the crowd, and, and you're doing this to like a Philly crowd, 
<laughs> Dude, they started throwing beers at him, and he, he got chased off the stage. So the other brother had to like finish the concert without him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they went light on him. Those British guys, though, man, they're crazy. They don't. They don't care. And maybe that's part of the legacy, right? Maybe that's why they're we're, we're not counting them as as these pillars of '90s rock, is because they they had the chip on the shoulder. They were kind of jerks about stuff, and so we just kind of write them off. But you look back at it, I mean, they, there were some great songs. But if you want to go the same vein, though, I saw Smashing Pumpkins, and Billy Corgan was spitting on the crowd too. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, and now he's opened up a tea shop in Chicago. Oh, my God. You know, I'm sure they play Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness just on loop. The world is a vampire. <laughs> and you want to talk about dysfunction, too. I mean, look at the pumpkins. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Poor Marcy. She just wants to play bass, man. <laughs> so going off, totally going off the subject, um, as far as 90s goes, if you go back a little ways... With the Beatles, might be. I mean, it might be only. I mean, the White Album is incredible. Great, great but album. Is it just me, or am I just going against the tide here? Like the Beatles, they're not overrated, but I feel like they're not as great as everyone thinks they are. Well, you have the beauty of looking back. That's true. So you have all this. You have all this great music that came from the Beatles' lead. So you can look back and be like, well, they're okay, but they're not that good. But back then, you know, it was a guy smiling, doing a two-pluck rhythm, you know, boom, 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 boom. They were doing anything completely different. That's that's what you have to appreciate with the Beatles. I do give them credit because in every album, they definitely, like, went to a different uh, to a dimension with their music, right. a different style. They tried something new every time. And that's awesome. But I just... I don't know. There's so many people that are out there that are like, just if you say something wrong about the Beatles, they're going to like light you on fire. Uh, you know, be, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I love the Beatles and they were definitely on my list. I was having a hard time thinking like, well, how many, how yeah. many of these Beatles albums can I put on my list? Sure. And yeah, there's the white album and that's, that's kind of like the go-to like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. But honestly on my list, it was going to be, I was, I was, debating with myself of, of what to choose Sergeant Pepper um, Magical Mystery Tour or uh, or Let It Be um, I went with Revolver Revolver's another great one but yeah, and, love Revolver and, and you go and look at Sergeant Pepper you know talking about things that they do different every time not only was it groundbreaking musically and just right. the way they were recording but Sergeant Pepper they just said you know what we're just going to do something completely different and opposite yeah. of what everyone knows us for and this is going to be amazing and it was And they utilized the technology they had at the day, too. At that time, Les Paul had already given people, you know, the multi-track. So they were mixing stuff down and mm-hmm. mixing and dubbing left and right. Could you imagine doing all that in real time? Oh, my God. So you only have four tracks at a time. You mix all that down. Then you get four more tracks. Then right. you have to mix that down. Then four more. It just, oh. And just imagine what they could do today. Right. You know. If they had the technology today then, oh, man. And then you can, you know, take it take it even further. Look what they did afterwards. You know, McCartney and Wings is amazing. Yeah, that's true. All the stuff Damn. George Harrison did. I mean, it's oh yeah. There, I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. You know what's awesome though? Like you you look back at it, and they had several different um, musicians play with them, like Eric Clapton. Oh yeah. Like yeah, Eric Clapton. By the way, Clapton's here to play with us today. He's in the green room. You know, bring him on in. It's only ever Clapton. Clapton and George Harrison swapped wives. Yeah, Did you guys dude. ever hear that oh, story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they would steal ideas from each other and like Clapton would play with his back so yeah. Harrison couldn't steal some chord progression idea. I, I mean, they lived right down the street from each other. They did. <laughs> Probably, I think, yeah. yeah. Clapton actually went to George and said, hey, man, is it okay if I date your wife? And he's like, sure, man. <laughs> hey, your wife looks pretty cool too, sure, man. Go right ahead. And <laughs> the 60s. Date her, yeah. I'll just, it's the 60s. It's not like he had them lined up, you know? No kidding. Don't worry, I'll, I'll take the top groupie this month. Did any of you guys get into soundtracks? 
Because I feel like in the '90s we really had some killer soundtracks, yeah. and if you wanted some, I you know, some some different tunes that, like, I don't know, maybe from the Spawn soundtrack, you're not gonna get the Sneaker Pimps and Marilyn Manson anywhere. Else. I thought the the Crow soundtrack was pretty good. Yes, that was a good one. And you're gonna laugh at this, but hear me out. Forrest Gump soundtrack. You ain't nothing but a well, if we're not laughing at him, then don't laugh at mine. The Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh wow. Wow. All right. Good one. If you're going to do that, then let's go go Top Gun soundtrack. Ooh. I've never wanted to play volleyball more than in that movie. (laughs) Danger Zone. (laughs) You know, the the, the price of baby oil went up after that movie came out. (laughs) Empire Records, man. That, that, That one's a great one. Yeah. Another one was uh, Can't Hardly Wait. It was a great soundtrack to that. Third Eye Blind, like another 90s, late 90s kind of band that came in and uh, sold a lot of records. You know, and I don't think they get enough credit. Uh, you know, everyone wants to play semi Charm Life, but uh, off of that album, they had, what, three, four hits off that album? Plus, yeah. they've had four or five albums after that. Uh, that are actually pretty decent. They're pretty good if you if you follow that band and, and see yeah. what they're doing. They're they're a good band. One of my favorite uh, songs off of that their debut album uh, was uh, "Motorcycle Drive By." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That song is incredible. It starts out slow and then it just picks up. They came in like late in the late in the nineties there, kind of like ninety seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, they were a little bit mid to mid to late nineties. Um and that you know, honestly, Scott, you mentioned soundtracks. That's something that's really kinda I felt became like a bigger deal like in the nineties. Maybe, you know, movie yeah. executives or whomever, you know, finally figured out like, oh wait, we can this this is like a, you know, another another revenue stream is if we had a really cool soundtrack. Uh it's that that goes along mm-hmm. with the movie because you know you think about some of those some of those big movies in the '90s and and the soundtracks that went with them. You know, like The Crow or like Empire Records or Can't Hardly Wait. You right. know, all those teen movies. Well, and then and then that rolled into and I hate to say it, Matt, but all the Will Smith movies. Oh, geez, yeah. Where you would have you'd have Will starring in the flick, and then you really have to like bring that guy up. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm sorry. Hell, big Willie style. Like I resent Will Smith because of. <laughs> just because everyone's like, do you like Will Smith? Because I'm from Philadelphia. I just love how both of you guys hate Will Smith. <laughs> that's on Miami. <laughs> I think that's part of it, though, is, is because not only do you have to do the movie, you have to do the soundtrack, too. Like, really, you can't take a step back and just do one or the other. It, it has to be, you know, it, it has to be the, 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 the music and the theme to everything. Like, pick a lane, buddy. I'm just glad that that finally fizzled out for him. That Wild Wild West just wasn't the hit. Uh, that wasn't the club banger he was going for. You know, another band that really kind of changed my life was uh, Nickelback. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Things nobody ever says. <laughs> People were like, "What's it? I wonder what it's like to go to a Nickelback concert. Well, I'm just like, just go to Walmart on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> you ever see a busted can of biscuits that's how it feels <laughs> this is how you remind me <laughs> of what i really am any of you guys getting a gangster rap yes i did i was never that never appealed to me you were never into the gangster rap no no I think uh, the one uh, the one band that really kind of introduced me to hip hop back in the early '90s was uh, Black Sheep. Now, now, what kind of hip hop are we talking? About? Black Sheep was kind of like a. Did you ever listen to Black Sheep? No. If you're someone who's listening to this, go check out Black Sheep. Well, we'll fix it in post. We'll have there Black Sheep come up underneath. Um, but no, it was like something new. You know, it was kind of radical and. It was right before, um, like, Dr. Dre and all that stuff hit. So we're talking, like, kind of, you know, just, just like, sex and no, hip-hop. Like it, was more, it was more, like, hardcore. <laughs> more hardcore, like, about their lives. And uh, it was comical in the same way. 
I remember driving up to Urbana one time to U of I with a buddy of mine, and his radio had broke, and he rapped Easy E the entire way up there. He rapped Easy E. No radio, it was just him. But uh, no, that's impressive. <laughs> there was a right. It was like like an hour and forty five minute drive of just sheer white guy Easy E in it. There was a Naughty by Nature. Uh, that album, uh, Dirty Nursery Rhymes. Yeah, I remember everybody had um, that. Yeah, I, I, it was like Abraham Lincoln was a good old man, jumped out the window with his in his hand. <laughs> I remember my dad found the album and it had like all the words inside of the, you know, the tape. You know how you have the album tape, and it had all the lyrics. Had the lyrics in there, and he's like, "What the hell's this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Dad, that's uh, Noni by Nature," which is funny because like I, my dad always hated like he always hated me listening to it. He's like, "That's bullshit." But then like one night, I just walked in on him, and he was like watching rap videos. <laughs> It was for- on mute though no like he was listening to the no. music and I was like what are you watching in here he's like oh nothing <laughs> these thick girls shake their ass probably right. what it was twerking got him before it was twerking before twerking was a thing <laughs> <laughs> I just remember uh, listening to some Ice Cube the Predator while mowing the lawn as a kid You'd be mowing and here's this, you know, we're stomping in our big black boots. And, oh, yeah, you know, Black Panthers are coming around the corner and I'm in the middle of Illinois mm. <laughs> where there's like no black people at all. Yeah, you're kind of out of place there. Hardcore. But like Wu-Tang Clan, that was awesome. They had the uh, Wu-Tang Forever double CD and then they had the uh, Enter the uh, Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. I think I have the 36 Chambers somewhere. But if you look at that group, it was like before before like anyone even knew it, it was a super rap group. Because you had Method Man, Old Dirty Bastard in it, the RZA, the Ghostface Killer. Now he's on Snapchat or something, right? Is the Snapchat logo? Is, is that what that is? Probably. That's probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And Ice Cube's like canoeing down creeks with kids now, too. So, How the times, they change. Anybody listening to anything currently? I actually got into like a lot more because my wife. My wife is a punk, like an old punker. Still is a punker. But I got into punk. Um, a little more punk now. Um, and also, because I didn't grow up with it, um, I kind of got into country as well, man. And just because, like, when you're growing up, like, now, like, as you're older, I don't know, like, I listen to the country songs, and, like, they kind of relate to me. You know, about family, kids, working, I don't know. Is that because you're from the big city and now you're in the country? I don't know. Maybe. Simulation. Yeah. It has some kind of influence on it. But I've never really listened to it when I was younger. Do you feel the need to bail hay? No, not that hard work. Drink beer down by the river? Split wood, yes. Find a back room? No, I, I find my... Yeah, I'm glad I'm a guy who likes, like, all kinds of different genres, all different kinds of avenues of music. Just not, like, stuck in my own little, uh, you know, one-way, stubborn ass. I feel that's a majority of mine, yeah. Like, I can listen to, I can listen to hip-hop, I can listen to country, I can listen to what my true love is, you know, which is rock. I love classic rock, um... But it depends. It depends on what my mood is now. Wow, I thought we were getting a revelation there for a minute. I really love sexy boudoir music. It's my thing now. I, I just, I hey, you guys know, man, at work, you'll hear some shit out of my studio, and yeah. you're like, what the hell is he listening to? Yeah, yeah, we talk about it behind your back a lot. All the time. <laughs> especially, especially Nichols. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> One of the albums I brought up was the Verve Pipe. Do you guys remember them? I do. Yeah. That was uh, that was freshman, right? They, the freshman. They had one other tune okay. too. Great song. Like photograph, I think is what it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two great songs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The album was killer. Yeah, I, they were 
kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, they were like there and then they weren't. But they made the, like the best of what they had. Well, there was another one like that, that uh, super drag. Do you remember who sucked out the feeling? Yeah, yeah, super drag. Wasn't, uh, gosh, were they, uh, weren't they like a super group? I don't know. Who, that one. In that band. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Find my phone. What about primitive radio gods? Oh, I loved those guys. They had the longest title of a song ever. Standing outside yeah. of a broken phone yeah. booth with money in my hand. It's like, wow, that really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Try doing that and hitting the post. Oh, I really wish we had live audio right now. Oh my now. god. <laughs> <laughs> Sponge, oh, another yeah. cool band from the 90s. Oh, Sponge was great, yeah. Tom Poppins. You know, was you had um, Molly. Uh, in, uh, in Super Yeah, Dragon. was he really? Brandon Fisher, Tom Poppins, Tim oh, Powers, yeah. Mike Harrison, Don Coffey, William Taylor, and John Davis. That would be from 96, the album. Obviously, um... Weezer is another well, favorite Weezer of mine. Weezer leads me to another question. Is there any band that you were like, eh, on, and then you went to a show and saw them live? Or both of you guys were in radio, so both of you got experiences to the concert scene. Did you mm-hmm. ever just get tickets and go to a show and afterwards became a fan? Uh, I went to a Muse show, and yeah. I was blown I was blown away. Yeah, Muse is such a loud, rocking band. And they were actually better than the. And they were actually opening Who did they that play night. For? Um, Do you remember? Um, I can't even remember the that band because they actually were one of our our main current songs we were playing on the radio at the time. I would have to look. Um, yeah, I can't even remember. But um, and that's how good the Muse was. Like they just they just blew everything out of the water that night. Muse is a really good band. I was, I remember, uh, actually, uh, the, I think it's the first album, Showbiz, came out in the late 90s. Uh, the radio station I was at, we played that album. We, we, I think there was one song, I can't think of what it was off of that, but I really liked it. And I remember grabbing the album and I, and I, I listened to it quite a bit. And so I was on, yeah, like people say, I was on Muse early, right? Uh, but they are a really cool band. I mean, they came out, it was the late 90s, they were... Uh, heavily uh, referred to as kind of like the next Radiohead, uh, just because of you know where they're from and, and whatever. But uh, but but they're not. I think they really. I think they broke out of that and kind of found their own their own sound and yeah. you know, their own way of doing things. And there's some stuff. You know, you go back and listen to some of the albums like um, Black Holes and Revelations and Absolution. They have some crunchy crunchy tunes going in there, and I, I love that stuff. I think it's great. And even some of the they they do still have some of the some of the newer stuff like you know, uh, madness. Um, mm-hmm. There's that song Starlight. I think that might have even been on. You know, speaking of soundtracks, that was on uh, one of those uh, vampire movies. <laughs> Did it sparkle. <laughs> I hope so. But no, also, I love Muse. Muse is a great band. Yeah, Muse is great. And now here's a here's a band that Matt introduced me to. Um, I went and saw a concert with him just out of the, it was like, what, my second year in Missouri and uh, Ben Conley couldn't go. So Matt's like, hey, you want to go? So we went and saw AWOL Nation and that blew my mind. That's just like two dudes, right? No, no it's a whole, it's like, wow, it's like a five person band, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't it's know. It's electronic. Yeah. But it was that first album. Uh, I had latched onto them, and I thought they were amazing. That first album blew me. That was one of those albums that yeah. really did blow me away because it did sound different. And I remember I had asked Ben, I had asked everybody. I was like, I have, I have these tickets to go see him at the Blue Note. Oh, which yeah. looking at them now, I mean, they're selling out huge venues. I mean, they're a huge band. Um, yeah, arena like arena oh, yeah, is selling. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, they they've really they've really blown up, and we saw them. We met them. We met them before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really cool show, and I was, you know, I sound like I'm trying to be really cool. I was onto them early. I caught them early. Not like who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember I was begging everybody, like, hey, this is just a random like Thursday night. I want to go to the show. Someone please go with me. And Franny finally said, yeah. And I was glad I did. I mean, that show was amazing. And I, 
right before it though, like people were like meeting him, I'm like, who are these guys? Like, they can't be that great. And then boom, I was like, wow. I was like, I'm a fan. Just for people who don't know the Blue Note on the sheer scale of it, like how many people you think could fit in that place? 400 people? Four or 500 maybe. If? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really... Even then, it place is going to fall over. Oh my God, that time... we So I went with Francis and we went and saw uh, Blues Traveler at the Blue Note. Mm. And like it felt like the whole building was going to shake down. That was a great concert. Yeah, that was a really good... I came away with a different perspective on Blues Traveler there too. Great band. Anyone who, uh, anyone who's from St. Louis knows the urge. Oh God! Right, and yeah. so uh, every every so often they would come to Columbia and they would play the Blue Note. And I remember being at one of the shows, and you know, at the Blue Note, there's the floor and there's kind of the bar area. Then they have the balcony that that leans over. I remember being more towards the bar area. And I, I swear that the balcony was just like bouncing because the place was packed. That's the, urge the urge is crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, the urge just has so much excitement, so much energy, and the entire building was just literally rocking. That was one of the craziest shows I've been to there. Every <laughs> single urge show I've been to, and I've seen tons of them, all the way from American Theater. I think they opened up uh, at the American Theater one time. I saw them at Mississippi Nights. I've seen them uh, at the Galaxy. Oh, that one takes me back. Uh, I saw uh, the Bloodhound Gang at the Galaxy too. That was a really good show. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, like, like ninety people in the whole place, and like Nerf Herder and the Bloodhound Gang played, and another band called Phoenix TX, and I think it was Nerf Herder's equipment got stolen, and so the <laughs> the band that opened up for the band who's opening up lent them their equipment. It was the craziest show ever. Dude come out, and he's like, hey, you guys want some gum? Throw some gum in the crowd, and they just start jamming. Yeah, I think the craziest um, concert that I've seen was uh, Kiss back in uh, With 96. Makeup? With yes. makeup? It was like the reunion tour back in 96. I think and, that's when I saw them, too. Yeah, and they had the... They had pyrotechnics going off, man. It was insane. Like, you can feel the heat from the flames. And I was in, like, the second deck, you know? So it, that was an insane concert. Did you have a mullet for that? I feel no. like you can't fully enjoy that without a mullet. No, we got the tickets off of um, of, of Mike's off of Mike's sister. She worked for Ticketmaster at the time. Did she have a mullet? <laughs> no. <laughs> But she got six free tickets, and uh, she's like, and Mike's like, "Do you want to go?" Hell yes! So I was like, "Hell yeah!" So that was an insane concert. And then when the lights came on after the concert was over, everyone's eyes were bloodshot, and a giant like old head party up in there. <laughs> I saw Genesis in Chicago that way. Yeah. Oh wow! The moment the lights went down, it was like, "Wow, how old are these people?" Is that Ben Gay I'm smelling? It's like seeing it's like seeing Chicago. Yeah, it, it was a great show. We because we initially got seats on the third level, like it was ridiculous. We were not going to see anything, and we got there super early. And a guy showed up, and he was like, "Hey, uh, if you guys switch me your tickets," and we're like, mm, "I don't know about that." And he's like, "No, the band reserved the entire bowl, and now they're giving them away." Wow! And so we actually got like a three hundred dollar ticket upgrade. It was amazing. Great show. You know, it was was uh, was crazy uh, thinking about um, not being a fan and then you know seeing someone live. Uh, Alanis Morissette actually. Um, Jagged Little Pill was of course an iconic mm-hmm. album, and you know at the time I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. Angry little Canadian girl, whatever. I wasn't too. Isn't it ironic? Right. I wasn't too into it. Uh, except that my brother, he got tickets because he was dating some girl that wanted to go and then they broke up or whatever happened. So he's still, <laughs> he's hanging on to these tickets and he's like, uh, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, and this is at, uh, this is at Riverport in St. Louis. And turns out he had really good seats. He had like VI, I don't know how he got these. These were like VIP tickets. So we were super cl- like ridiculously Damn. close. Um, so I went to the show and it was actually a really good show. She put on a great concert. And uh, actually, um, Taylor Hawkins was a drummer at the time who now wow. is the drummer for Foo Fighters. At one point, she even got behind the drum set and just went crazy. It was amazing. Damn. I love it when they do that, when they start changing up instruments and stuff. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I love that. 
Speaking of Foo Fighters, I'm pretty sure Matt and I, Matt Brown and I, were at the same Foo Fighters show at the American Theater in St. Louis. Yeah, what was that? That was like 96, 97? Yeah, roughly. That was That's a, crazy. That was a great show, too. That was an amazing show. Oh, God, yeah, that was yeah. that was my first time seeing them. Yeah, uh, that was what? Uh, Color and Shape? That was really I think that was right before that came out. Yeah. Right before Color they, and Shape? Yeah. yeah, but they played all the songs off of it. Yeah, yeah. That's they were the first time I heard stuff. Hey Johnny Park. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And sadly, the Damn. Foo Fighters lost me after that. Oh. So Damn. for me, that's their finest album. Color and, Shape was, Color and Shape was one of my favorite albums from them. Well, it was still Dave. I think that's why I liked them so much. Because their first album was all Dave. Color it was and all Dave, Shape, yeah. still all Dave. I mean, he was integrating other guys in. But now they're, they're, a, whole other, they're a whole other beast now. Yeah. Hero is probably my favorite song of all the albums um, just that drum that drum intro yeah. it's it just I, I I would run through a wall after hearing a, a, a drum intro just like yes I want to see that <laughs> you become the Kool-Aid man all of a sudden listening oh, to my yeah. ear <laughs> here's Franny oh yeah <laughs> Well, you guys know what a huge Foo Fighter fan I am. I mean, I, I remember listening to that first album. My friend had got it, and we were sitting in a parking lot, like outside of, uh, I think it was like Papa John's or something, like where, where I'm from. And we, I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's a drummer from Nirvana. I was like, that's weird. But it was a really cool album. And so from there, I was just, I was hooked. Color and the Shape is another iconic album. Um, they're not all great. Uh, they actually have a new one that's supposed to be kind of, you know, I think the whole, the Rona has put a, put a, a delay on that but they have a new album that's that's supposed to be coming out the last one wasn't great but uh, we'll see what this one what this one's going to be like well i mean that's just it though you have to evolve with them because they can't they can't be putting out you know for all the cows number two right 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 you know, yeah that first album you've got to evolve with that. that first album that was all dave was is so different from it's different from color and yeah. shape it's different from anything right. that they've done because it was just Dave. And I still think it's just Dave's band, but um, it, it, it is just different. Um, I really wish you'd get Butch Vig back because Wasting Light was a really good album. Scott, you need to go back. I'm, I'm telling you. I know. That'll win you over again. Wasting Light. Go and listen to that one. If Butch Vig's on it, I'm there. But my, my initial um, reaction to, to that first album by The Foo was the same as Matt's. It was kind of just like, cause everyone was kind of in this hangover from Nirvana and just right. this shock and hung over. And it lasted a couple years after Kurt died. And um, and then you, you see this album, it's like, oh yeah, Nirvana's drummer's on this. And then you're just like, holy shit, this this is really good. You know, this is something different. Who, who would have thought Nirvana's drummer was this good? Like who, whoever thought that the best thing from Nirvana was the drummer. Right. Everyone knew it was the bass player because he crowned himself on TV, right? I thought um, for sure it was going to be Pat Smear. I thought Pat Smear was going to come out of that and, and, and be the... My friends coined the phrase the Pat Smear goofy dance. Yeah. I saw a meme the other day and it had a picture of um, Courtney Love and, had, and Kirk Cobain was like right next to her. And the meme said... Um, Here's the original Car- Carol Baskins. <laughs> I'm so into those Tiger King memes. Love them. The original Carol Baskins. Asking for a Baskin. Love it. <laughs> uh, I love. Somebody made a Facebook page. Storm the Big Cat Rescue. Carol Baskin can't kill us all. And there's like 5,000 attendees. Oh my God. Wow. I love it. I love it. I kind of left it behind me after I watched it. And then, like, the best part about Tiger King is watching, like, other people's reactions, like, <laughs> yeah. and their first time watching it. You know, I, I've never been that bored in my entire life. But it was, you know, it's one of those one and done things. I can never go back and rewatch it because it's so depressing. And I just feel bad for the animals. Right? The real victims. No. Anyway, this is, this is supposed to be a musical podcast, not a... <laughs> tag, fucking Tiger King. Fucking Carol Baskin, man. <laughs> Joe Exotic. 
<laughs> so speaking of like live events and concerts and things, what about like uh, do any? Do you guys remember Woodstock '94? That was mm-hmm. a great album. Mm-hmm. I wore the hell out of that one. Like I'm pretty sure I burn up like two or three CDs on that one. I do remember that. I just remember we had all these like famous people, like Tom Arnold, you know, air quotes here, famous people. <laughs> Like doing all these announcements, like, "Hey, stop smoking weed on the on the bleachers. There's lightning coming. You're gonna die." <laughs> and they included all that. Oh, that's my favorite part. <laughs> Not the actual music, just Tom the, Arnold. Well, I mean, <laughs> you also have, you know, like like damn blue collared tweakers, you know, live from Primus. I mean that that and and. Also, you'd have uh, Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. doing that whole set they did, just completely covered in the mud. Like Happiness and Slavery, I think, was the tune. I just I remember my government teacher at school, like, that guy's crazy. He always talked about Trent Reznor and and uh, Kurt Cobain's wife, Courtney. I mean... that Those 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 two are crazy. I mean, uh, Live was there. Um, oh, Live. That's another band that I should have included in my top Mine 10, was, and I didn't. I had, you, I had live in there, um, the Throne Copper album. Um, but also, Sheryl Crow was there at Woodstock. Collective Soul, Candlebots, Violent Femmes. Yep. Um, you had Salt and Pepper. Yes, Salt and Pepper. <laughs> Doing Shoot live. That was that was one of the bands like my mother never censored any of my music. But when it came to Salt and Peppa, I couldn't listen to them. Cause she thought push it was saying something else. Like hoo-ha real good. My mom's like, that's just nasty. You can't listen to Dude, that. Dude, Cypress Hill was there, Blind Melon. Who let Jackal go be there? Jackal Delamitri? Like who who made this this yeah. set list here? Metallica. The nineties. The nineties. <laughs> Delamitri was awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they also did their album have, Twisted was good. But they also did have the, like different stages, like the South Stage, North Stage. North Stage was like you're talking about like the heavy hitters, like Crosby, Stills, Nash, featuring John Sebastian. Right. That was where your classics, like I think Yes, performed up there. Primus, Santana performed. Primus was there with Jerry, right. Jerry Cantrell. Joe Cocker was there. He didn't know it was 1994. There's it a whole it, thing. The 1967. <laughs> oh, we're doing this again. Where's my hotel room? That was some bad ass that I took. <laughs> or some good. I don't know which. <laughs> so 94 was. I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly a mix of of who was there and, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But was it was it 99? That was a complete disaster. Yes. Oh, yeah. 94 was the only successful one. Yeah, they tried to do it again, and it was just, it was, you know, they, they did it again for the money grab. and Yeah, it was like Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit was there. Well, yeah, and, and by that time, the music kind of sucked anyway. Yeah, it was kind of, it just fell off the momentum. Well, it's Limp Bizkit, the, mom- so. the momentum was gone. Do you think they'll ever try that again, though? Yeah, I think they will eventually. Another Woodstock? And it'll all go back to that. Yeah, they'll all go back to the, you know, cash grab. Yeah, but I mean, now that you have, you have Coachella, you know, Lollapalooza is still a thing. All right. Is it necessary to go back and say, hey, we're going to do Woodstock again? Remember? That was a thing? Well, now you can, maybe. You can really promote it on, like, a social media platform. I don't know. Will concerts go back to being like they used to be? It's hard to... I mean, eventually, yes. Right? I mean, we're literally doing the Corona cast as we speak. The social distancing podcast. Right. <laughs> SD1. I had a hard time when I was, you know, you mentioned live. I had a hard time thinking because, yeah, there's live throwing copper. That's a great album. I thought of, uh, you know, Collective Soul. That was an amazing album. That first yeah. album, which was just yeah, it was. that, first, that album. first album was was a demo tape that the lead singer Ed Roland put together. Like that wasn't even the whole band. That was just something that, you know, similar to to Dave Grohl. I mean, that was something that Ed Roland had put together. Like, hey, here's some songs. It's a demo, and yeah. uh, I think they ended up re-recording it for uh, for major release. But that was a good one. Candlebox is one of my favorites. Yeah, Candlebox that's was good. Front to back, that's a great album. Uh, Garbage 2.0. Butch Vig. Butch, you know, go, yeah, right. Going back to Butch Vig, you got Shirley Manson. That's yeah. a great album. Um, 
There's just that whole like '90s era that I could I could easily come up with a top ten per year. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed nobody said Sublime. No Sublime for no. me. It would be Forty Ounces to Freedom. Oh, that was a great album. You know what's funny though? Like back in the '90s when we lived, then everyone then said, "Oh man, you know." Um, the early 60s, early 70s, that was like a time for music. And now here we are 2020 and we look back at the 90s and we're like, God, nothing will ever be the same as the 90s. Like it all came like full circle for for us anyway. Black hole sun, won't you come? This is our We Walked Uphill Both Ways to School story. Yes. Yep. Barefoot in the rain, 120 feet of snow. But it's really funny how that all kind of works out. Because if you do look back at it, if you do look back at, back at the 90s, like we're just talking about, it's just an incredible time for music, man. It was. And one-hit wonders. There were so many of them. Tons. Tons. You know? Like, for me, I loved the Sneaker Pimps and Seven Mary Three. Oh, yeah. Sir. Oh, they had two songs. Give them a break. <laughs> <laughs> they had a hell of a lot more than two songs, but I'll give you that one. That first album for uh, the, for uh, for them was just amazing, American Standard. That was a good rock album. You had Water's Edge and My My and Cumbersome and Rodrigo and Margaret and all those good things. My, my stomach hurts. That's personally for me one of the best albums of the '90s, "American Standard" by Seven Mary Three. Yeah, wow. yeah I, I would rank that right up there. Six Underground" was a great song by the Sneaker Pimps. Oh God, yeah, that first album was so trance. It was very trancey. But and as I, as I posted that as one of my uh, one of my top ten on Facebook, and a buddy from back in the day was like, "That chick is still hot, man." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's funny. Well, that was it. It was it was it was the girl from the sneaker pimps and Shirley from Garbage. And Shirley was that weird one. Like sometimes she would look super hot, and then other times it was like, oh, what happened to Shirley? And then you had Gwen Stefani come out, no, no doubt. Yeah, oh, a little yeah. bit later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just a girl. Yeah, but she was. She was awesome even before, um, no doubt. Like she was a straight up hardcore, hard hardcore punker, man. Yeah, some of that early stuff that they did uh, when they still had a piano in the band. I think that was like her brother, if I remember right. Is that is that right? Yeah, like he would play piano in the band, and they were like this, you know, like swing zoot suit type music band. And they were really good, and then he just quit. I think he got tired of it. I think everyone got tired of that after about five minutes. <laughs> well, Do you remember when that was a thing? The whole like, yes, cherry pop yeah, and daddy. Oh, yeah. daddy. That was no. that was huge for like a hot second. You know, and it, I bought that album at Walmart, and some dude was like, "Yeah, man, he had a great big long chain. That's the bomb album right there." Yeah, but isn't that like that's a different whole different like genre? It's like ska music. Oh yeah. And we didn't even touch on that. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about... any Anybody go ska on us? No. I wasn't a big... We need Sam from IT for that. <laughs> He's still a real big fish guy. Dude, Sarah is a huge ska, ska fan. Like, she got me really? into ska. Yeah, just... So when she drives, it's like what she wants to listen to. And so, like, <laughs> you know, since I've known her, I've gotten to know that whole, like, genre. And it's... it's I like it, you know? My, how you've changed, Francis. I know. Sky, he's got country. Right. What can he's I gonna, say? He's going to be putting together a Chris Stapleton Real Big Fish concert. <laughs> that would actually... With Coldplay opening. Oh, God, no. No, no Coldplay. <laughs> I did go to a Coldplay show. That was a pretty good one, actually. Well, how about, like, Our Lady of Peace? Oh, Our Lady of Peace. Our Lady of Peace. He's a good band, yeah. You know, yeah. somewhere out there was a great song. 
Superman's Dead. Uh, Clumsy, another good song by them. That whole album, Clumsy, is good. I was the first one of my friends to have Our Lady Peace. Like, nobody understood what that even was. (laughs) I didn't have MTV, but I had the Canadian version of it. (laughs) And they played it all the time. Here's a band for you, Semi Sonic. One hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest bar song ever. No kidding. You know what, though? You, you look back and, yeah, it's, it's a one hit wonder, but it's not even a great song. No. no. <laughs> it, it really isn't. It's a terrible song. Then you got Space Hog in the meantime. Space Hog. Oh, was, that, that's a great song. That was a great song. That was, it was a pretty decent album, too. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Tool. I love Tool. How can you not like Tool if we're talking about the 90s? I mean, that's one of the... I mean, that's iconic. It's like one of the foundations, yeah. The coolest of the tools. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw like some girl wearing their shirt. It was like a bolt and two nuts, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Who are these guys? Yeah, I remember some guy coming up to me goes, What's Tool? Is that some underground shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Some underground shit? Just the other day, I saw someone had posted. Uh, <laughs> it was it was one of their like first concerts, or maybe not even their first. It was just at some crappy bar or small club very early on. And uh, it was it was amazing, like just seeing them that early. And then I went down this whole YouTube rabbit hole where I found like mm. Rage Against Machines, like first concert, and it was like a lot of like firsts from from a lot of those ninety ba- '90s bands. And it was it was kind of cool, but yeah. Then I just got, I, I yeah, I, I woke up the next day and I, I lost eighteen hours of my life. Went down the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, huh? the YouTube rabbit hole. Yep. You know, that's another band we that nobody brought up. I'm surprised at Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I was just going to, yeah. I was just looking at that. I mean, they're, weren't they in the midst of, like, before all this Rona went down? Like, they were putting out a world tour. They were getting ready to tour again. Yeah, yeah. dude. They're going to play in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Still? Not now, but before well, the, yeah. the virus hit. Yeah, I, I remember that. But, yeah. Man. I would love to see them. That, I think that's one band that could actually pull off like a comeback tour. I agree. And that's going to do it for another week of the old 77. I want to thank our guests, Matt Brown and Matt Francis. We'll be back next week. See ya. That was the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world. All right, here's your fucking warning. Hi there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally not going to read it like that. <laughs> Now I can't read it anyway, but that way. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs>